Hi, in this episode, how Google and the National Park Service helped this couple create an updated itinerary after COVID-19 destroyed their European plans. Welcome to the World Nomads podcast. We'll be keeping you up to date with travel alerts, information about coronavirus, and sharing some uplifting news and views to inspire you and keep you smiling. Yeah, it's Kim and Phil with you. And Phil, so many plans cancelled or changed because of coronavirus. Yeah, look, but the good news is some of those restrictions are being lifted or at least relaxed in lots of places around the world. Although uh, it's not appropriate, according to health advice, to totally remove controls. I think we're going to be living with this for a long time, aren't we? Yeah. So moving forward in our episodes, we'll be reflecting on that with a you know, with practical guidance for travellers to those countries that are on the radar again. We'll include some information on what changes travel companies have put in place, like limiting the number of people on a boat, how often vehicles and trains are sanitised, etc. Because that's the sort of stuff you want to know, won't you? Yeah, the practical stuff, because we've got to live with it. So how how do you do that? How do you go about doing that? Look, in this episode, we're going to hear an example of that from Rebecca, who, as you said, Kim, had her plans changed when restrictions in Europe when uh, they were at their highest? Yeah, that's right. Rebecca and her boyfriend Marco- Marcos had planned mm-hmm. to go to three UEFA soccer games in Budapest and Bucharest as part of the Euro 2020s, which we know is one of those huge sporting events that was uh, postponed until 2021, a bit like the J- Japan Olympics. Yeah. Uh, they were going to Dracula's ca- castles, monasteries. They had it all sorted. COVID hit. So determined to use the time put aside, Rebecca turned to Google and the National Park Service to create a six-week road trip. So, okay, we can't go anywhere. Let's holiday at home. Now, before she tells us about that, she'll let us know a bit about herself. But for the record, Phil, I was sitting in a campground when I recorded uh, this (laughs) chat with Rebecca. So there could be the odd cameo for a bird and, of course, from a bird and, of course, Rebecca's dog. Uh, Well, I live in San Diego and I've been here for a little over 20 years. I've worked in a couple of different industries, but um, my first one being more environmental protection and wildlife preservation. And then um, throughout the years, I ended up uh, moving into the uh, medical device field, which I've been in now for 15 years. That is great, but where's the segue? Yeah, there there really isn't one. Um, so I think um, I, I ended up working in a field um, in uh, marketing after I was doing the um, international environmental work. I moved back to California. And at that point, I enjoyed uh, marketing for an environmental consulting firm. But then I thought, you know what? I, I really want to try my hand at sales. I think I might be good at this. And I worked, um, you'd be happy to know, in the wine industry for about four years. I actually did sell the Australian premium wine collection for a while. So, yeah, so I went from the wine industry to um, sales in, in medical sales because I had the sales experience. And in between all of that, I um, have always loved travel. I've traveled since I was 13 and um, did a lot of um, long trips, uh, four months in Southeast Asia on my own when I was 22. And then I did another seven months in Southern and Eastern Africa, spent some time in the Seychelles. And 
summer school in France and I did an internship at the U.S. consulate in Sydney, Australia in 1992. So I got to spend um, a good amount of time there and doing weekend trips to Byron Bay and that kind of thing, which was a blast. You know, stranger to travel, have you earned any money from it? Sadly, no, I have not. And the website I write for now is um, sort of more in the hobby stage. I wish it was a full-time job, but it's always been, you know, it's some travel when I worked in international environmental work, I did travel for that job to um, a few places, um, Asia and uh, what is and Ukraine, and um, and other places like that. So, but in terms of just as a travel industry, it's just been a hobby and a passion forever, and and um, a lot of a lot of adventure travel, hiking. And I'm a big scuba diver and just love to be outside, love nature um, and love culture. So can't get enough of it, actually. Perfect combination, although we have been challenged in 2020, haven't we? At the time I'm chatting to you, I think we're about seven months into this pandemic and we all had the lockdown in March where we couldn't really do anything, but hit the it hit the road, really, um, yep. which is why I'm speaking to you from a, a campground in um South of uh, Southern New South Wales, south of Sydney. I think you were supposed to be in Europe, but obviously you couldn't get there, so you hit the road. And look, America is a great place for road trips. That's a, there's so much to explore and so diverse. Yes, it's really got everything. And thank people like John Muir and Teddy Roosevelt and all of the heroes that set up the parks and preservations of areas that would have been destroyed if, if they hadn't. Take us through your road trip, which I, I did follow on Facebook. You went to some pretty cool places. So if you were oh. offering inspo to someone, and it's okay to have the dog bark, I'm sitting in a campsite <laughs> i'm on snake alert <laughs> like if i just hold her dinosaur toy maybe she'll be quiet um <laughs> some inspo for people that and we are avoiding air travel because well certainly in australia there are only four reasons why we can leave the country we've still got uh hard border closures as well at the time of recording so we are all hitting the road we are all kind of exploring our backyard. And given that we can work remotely, it's fantastic, a great opportunity. So for the American audience who can't get to Australia at the moment, give them some inspiration if they were to jump in their car. Where did you go? Well, we did fly first from San Diego to Boise, Idaho. Um, and Southwest Airlines was great. They had the middle seats empty they made sure everybody was wearing a mask. Um, so if you are flying, there are airlines that are still taking measures for that, as far as I know. And if not, and you're just going to get on the road, um, there's a couple of tips I would suggest. I mean, if you're going to go camping, obviously reservations for, for campsites have been you know out of control. So make sure to look at that ahead of time. The state um, park websites, and then of course the National Park Service, the nps.gov which has all the um, campsites. So if you're a camper, that's the way you do it. And as you have heard, uh, a lot of people can't even rent the RVs anymore because they're unavailable. Um, I think there's one of those websites now where you can actually find a parking spot on a winery or some um, other places that, you know, okay, we're going to only charge you a small fee and you can at least park your Sprinter there or your, you know, van or whatever it is you're in. How did you find it COVID-wise? Were, were there lots of red flags? Well, I think the, the first thing was the, um, when we entered, like, Glacier Park, because we started in, some, um, in Boise 
and drove to the Sawtooth Mountains and then into Glacier. And it, it, at Glacier, it was still rather empty because it had just opened up when we got there. But for example, at the lodge we stayed at, the Lake McDonald Lodge, they wouldn't allow anyone in their famous lobby unless you had a reservation. Bedrooms were not cleaned in between uh, your days there, which was fine with us. Um, and then it was grab and go. So no bar, no sitting by the large fireplace. There was no fire in the fireplace. You were outside picnicking with your grab and go dinner at sunset. Um, we bought our own wines at the local shops outside of Glacier. Still, you're you're in a beautiful place. The sun doesn't go down till 10 o'clock. So it definitely were good about the spacing of people. And I think the same, a little bit less so in Yellowstone. There's just a lot more traffic, a lot more people have access to Yellowstone than Glacier, which is further north. So um, Yellowstone was a bit more crowded, um, but they still were doing social distancing, limiting people who were coming into the general store. Their visitor centers were closed, but the general store and provisions were open. What was nice is when we moved into the Grand Tetons and started, and we stayed in Jackson, which is outside of the Grand Tetons, those restaurants were open, social distancing, minimal capacity of people, all the waiters and waitresses were wearing masks. We did have three really nice meals. So we just had a very good balance, if anything, but I do think it's all about managing your expectations and what are your goals of the trip? Are you going for the nature? If you want fine dining, you, you might want to you know, skip it and, and, and do something else. Just listening to you explain that experience, it's kind of creating a picture of an America that we here, I can only speak for Australia, uh, don't think exists that, you know, everyone's flouting the rules and there's no social distancing and no one wants to wear masks and is, this is not the case. Yeah, I, I feel like it, um, well, for example, if you're watching Old Faithful, the beautiful, you know, um, water that's streaming up and that happens about every hour and a half if you want to watch that geyser and and watch it erupt there was a, there were a lot of people around that and not everybody there was no there was no social distancing at that particular you know moment that everybody wants to get it on video but that walkway that goes through all of the geysers is about a four mile walk and people were very uh, respectful of each other when I was there wearing masks and trying not to huddle together in groups. So there was some dispersing of people once you got away from the main attraction. I've found on my road trips um, since we've been able to to move within New South Wales that some places do um, health and safety surrounding COVID really well and then other places you go to you wouldn't know it existed. <laughs> Have exactly you found that? The same. Yeah, absolutely and California has been um, aggressive, but where I live in San Diego, there's still a lot of people that don't respect what's going on. Um, whereas we did go over the border into Mexico recently, and uh, the border is sort of a fluctuating situation. It, we didn't have any problems driving over it and getting back, but then they were kind of cracking down about a week ago with people driving back and forth. You can fly to, to Mexico without a problem right now from the States. But what I thought was really notable in Ensenada, which is a coastal town, is that they were more diligent about protocols for COVID than anything I've seen in the U.S., which I would not have necessarily expected. It was taking your temperature, giving you sanitizer, social distancing. And the other thing that they do in Mexico is when you walk into a place, there's a 
the place on a mat on the floor to wet your feet. And then you take another step to dry off your feet. I've yet to see that in the States, but the places I've been in Mexico, that's what they're doing, which I I think is probably smart. Now, as um, America opens up and there is that domestic travel, there are a few hot spots that people are enjoying. I think um, Mexico is one, uh, the Caribbean, Florida, any others that are on, on the radar? Um, the only other ones I've heard about for Americans is some countries in Eastern Europe. And of course, a lot of people now are like, well, I don't really want to go to the Caribbean. It's hurricane season. That just might not be the right time. So Mexico is really a great option um, if you're if you're just going to make sure you take all the protocols for yourself with your distancing, the sanitizer. You you go to a hotel, you probably want to wipe everything down. You're not going to have the maids coming in. and And then once you're out and about doing whatever it is you're doing, I think you can just take it upon yourself to be responsible and, and do the right thing. Yeah. So you're heading into fall in America. How did this travel change from summer to fall? Well, I think it's probably going to drop just simply because all of the schools have started. So you've got to, everyone with families has got to have online um, education going on there. For example, in San Diego, there are a few schools that are back in person and there are others that are not. So I think it's just depending on, where you are and what the rules and regulations are for that community. So I think it'll probably drop in terms of travel as families get back to another routine. And I think there are others, if they uh, are, are not um, having to worry about that, are probably going to do a little bit more camping until the weather gets cold. And then maybe they'll start to choose other destinations that are that are warmer. Okay, Marcos, your boyfriend, you couldn't go to Europe. He was uh, going for the Euros, uh, yes. Euro 2020, which I think has been postponed until next year. How's he coping? Well, let's just say he was thrilled when uh, we were able to watch soccer again because that's a, as a Brazilian, his world is uh, revolves around uh, soccer, especially his team, Palmeiras, in San Paulo, where he's from, and he's able to watch those games as well. So he is now back to his normal self. I, I love it as well. And I was really looking forward to the Euro Cup. We had tickets in Bucharest and Budapest, and obviously that's not um, didn't happen, but uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to do something else like that again. When we're sort of under duress with the new changes and a new world, it's always good to find something positive out of it. And, and the things that you've discussed on the podcast about wildlife and animals and the environment and the earth, just being able to take a large breath. And that I think has been a really wonderful aspect of this. That is so true. And with Americans being able to travel to Mexico, and as you heard, Phil, it's a pretty good experience. Um, I know. Next, I, yeah. yeah. I, I want to go to Mexico. It sounds fabulous. Well, we can't in Australia go anywhere. No, we can't so. go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> what we can do is listen to a podcast about it. So next week we'll release an updated version of our destination episode on Mexico and, as Phil said earlier, include information on travelling there during COVID because we are going to be living with this for some time. Uh, look, if you want to share your current travel experiences with us, please email us at podcast at worldnomads.com. In the meantime, don't forget to rate, share and subscribe to the World Nomads Travel Podcast from wherever you get your favourite pops. Bye. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.